0: Hello and welcome to episode number 99 of the Ride With Me podcast. You are listening with your host, Mahfuz Chowdhury. 99, what a strange number to say as I'm recording this episode today because I've been spending a lot of time compiling clips from my past episodes in order to give you the episode that I gave you a couple days ago, which was the Ride With Me podcast greatest hits. And as I was getting nostalgic, As I was driving down memory lane, I came across episode number 40 where I was celebrating the fact that I made it that far. The fact that I didn't know that I would be making podcasts for that long. And here we are today with episode number 99 and one episode away from the great 100 and I couldn't be more excited And I couldn't be more grateful for every single one of you that's been riding along, whether it was through one episode or 98 other episodes. I am beyond grateful. And I have loved reading every single one of your messages from everyone that took the time to listen to the greatest hits episode that I released a couple days ago, where my whole purpose was to sort through the 98 episodes, pull out my best material, my best stories, my best messages, and compile it into one 30 to 40 minute episode and then share it with you so that you could get a summary and a grasp about what this podcast is all about. And I am so glad that you got tons of value from that episode. Well, today's episode is not going to be that different. As a matter of fact, I'm even more excited to share today's episode because unlike my last episode where it was about my key messages and my learnings and my stories, this episode is about my passengers, all the guests that have been on the show since the very beginning, be it through coffee meetings, lunch at the mall, sitting around the boardroom in our office just meeting spontaneously and having a conversation. There is just so many golden nuggets that has been shared from all the guests that's been on this show that I think it's only fitting as I give you the greatest hits in the last episode that in today's episode, I give you my passenger's greatest hits. And I hope you get as much thrill and value as I got as I was putting this episode together. And listeners, before I jump out of this and get the segment started... I just want to let you know how excited I am to share episode number 100 with you on Monday, on October 1st. If you went on my Instagram account, by the time you listen to this episode, I may have uploaded a clip, a very short clip, giving you a sneak peek into what's coming up in episode number 100. One of my favorite collaborations of all time that I had an opportunity to do with Tim, who goes by the name Amido Beats where we have, for the first time ever, actually recorded the Ride With Me podcast episode while both of us were driving in the car together and having back and forth conversation. And I gotta tell you, the flow of that conversation, the stories that were shared, the value that you're going to get, along with the incredible editing that Tim has done, I have no doubt that this is going to be an all-time episode. So please ride along with me on our way to October 1st and check out my Instagram account. My Instagram handle is mafuzc. C. That's M-A-H-F-U-Z-C for a sneak peek of what's coming up. And if it's not there yet, that probably means I'm just in the process of uploading it so it will be there. So check me out on Instagram for that sneak peek. And listeners, more important than anything else, enjoy the epic value that comes out of today's episode. Enjoy. So you were in a situation where um, you just got let go mm-hmm. I know that you were I think you had One child on the way At that point Yeah yeah. yeah that's um, right Now I can't imagine This being easy And this is usually A tough point For a lot of people I even mm-hmm. have a friend That I just talked to Over the weekend That just got let go And I could tell Very quickly That he was going Through depression And it wasn't easy For him to come mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about The emotional side of things What sure. did that look like For you what what did that tough time actually feel like, and the fear sure. versus how you managed to turn that around and actually make it a positive spin in your life?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, at the time, I was probably I'd probably been married for about a year and a half, mm-hmm. um, and you're right, I had a like my wife was six months pregnant, but I also had um, a one year old, right? So it's like we've got a very very new family in every way. I'm new to be married, I'm a new dad, and I'm about to have a new kid, and so everything was very new, and I will be honest to tell you that i knew that i actually didn't have the option to um to be depressed or to be sad or to look backwards uh as i exited the um the company and they walked me to the door they gave me a sheet of paper uh where it gave me like a, a company contact where i could call them and they can help me get a job but we were just in the middle of the re- or just in the beginning of the recession There's mass layoffs everywhere. The economy's tanking. That's why we're getting laid off to begin with. It wasn't like I was fired. It was just that the the economy is not doing well. It was the first time I'd ever been laid off in that that area. And so I knew that the market wasn't going to be great. And um, I just... Like, I remember driving home and I... You know, this is even almost at the newer point of cell phones. And so, you know, 10 years ago when it wasn't connected to Bluetooth. And so I hadn't talked to my wife yet. And I just... I knew that I was going to get home to my pregnant wife and have to tell her that I just lost my job and I needed to lead my family. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I believe that, uh, that I need to be a provider for my family. And so I couldn't, you know, I didn't have the option of being sad because that is, you know, if I was sad for an hour, that's one hour that I no longer have, um, a runway for to get money. Like I, I just, I knew that I needed to, to get into something right away. And so I got home and I told my wife I'd got laid off. And she's very sympathetic. And then she said, what are we going to do? And I just had to confidently tell her and say, I'm going to start a digital marketing company and everything's going to be great. And I had been thinking about it for a while, about, like, that there was a huge need there. And so I had dipped my toe into, like, she was doing some graphic design as a contractor and I had started up that company. So it's not like new, new, but it's it was a complete transition for me from a full-time job. And, um, you know, I just... I looked at all my different options I could look for a job um, that was one option I could just be angry that I just lost my yeah. job that's literally a full option right. um, or I could just create a company and my realization was that I could I couldn't choose all those things I had to choose one because if I'm gonna choose one I have to I have to make it work and so I just chose to to move forward and I didn't look back um, I wasn't depressed I wasn't sad I wasn't. Anything uh, to be honest, I was, I was excited because like now yeah. I'm finally fulfilling the thing that I've wanted to do. I hope years. you know that's rare. That doesn't happen as often as you think in these situations. That's impressive. Yeah, it's um, it's it's what needed to happen, and um, and at the end of the day, you know, I needed to give my wife confidence that I was going to make it happen, and she is definitely my biggest fan, and I had to I had to give her something to cheer on. You know, sure. like I. I couldn't have her try to pick me off the ground and then throw me out there. Like I just, I just needed to make it happen, and uh, it was the biggest opportunity. Um, I also saw this as a great exit. I was like, you know what? It's so hard to, to get out there on the market and to start, you know, start a new company. I thought I've got eight weeks of severance, and sure, people don't get that. So I was right. like I've got eight it weeks to get this going. Yeah. Big time
2: kind of took our lives by surprise like we were not expecting for anything to come out of this but essentially when i was in grade 12 and at the same time that i had that that knee surgery it was kind of devastating um, but at this exact same time i had a teacher um a world issues teacher who's like the most passionate person i ever met in my life and i'm not one to be like super excited about school like i do my work i do well but it's not for me like, yeah i'd rather learn on my own and do my own thing um, but this one class i absolutely loved and so Essentially, I'd walk in every day, and I just I I was always like paying attention and loved it. On on one particular day in class, my teacher went off off the curriculum. It was his last year. He's like, "I'm going to teach you what you need to know, not what the school thinks that you should know." And I was like, "All right, let's go." Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so, essentially, for the whole semester, we just broke down figures in history who have made a massive impact in the world. You know, people like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, all these people. Yeah. And he did that to prove to us that they're their 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 impact was really the result of thousands of small consistent actions and so he proved to me in the entire class you know if we if we choose to commit to a small consistent action we can make a massive impact in the world Mm -hmm. so me and dylan sharing this passion for the environment decided that we need to act upon it but we didn't connect the dots until two weeks after that class i was walking home listening to a podcast and I stumbled over a piece of trash. Literally. I didn't fall on my face. Mm-hmm. I just kind of hit it. Yeah. And uh, at that moment, it just clicked. You know, that there's garbage everywhere. Yeah. Litter and, and pollution is a huge global issue. Like, why not make my small consistent action picking up trash while walking home from school? And so I did that for about two months uh, until this guy saw me driving home. Yeah, I was driving driving home after school and I'm like, Sam, like, what the heck are you
3: doing? Why are you picking up litter? I didn't understand. Like, all of a sudden, this guy's just picking up litter. That's the
0: coolest thing ever, by the way. You never see that happening. No, it was just <laughs> yeah. super
2: out of the blue. Yeah. And like... I just did it because, like, I thought, you know what? It's going to be my small action. Somehow it's going to make an impact. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I believe that my teacher's theory would lead to something big. And so, and so, yeah. And then... Yeah, so he he, he told me this concept of, like,
3: his world-issue teacher having this, you know, idea or concept in his head of, you know, can, committing to a small consistent action will lead to this massive change. And I said, wow, it's good. Like, good for you. It's really, like, good on you, man. Um, and, I, and I drove home, and I couldn't get, like, this idea out of my head. I was like, this this is too truthful. Yes. Um, so I, I gave him a call that... I, I gave him a call that day, and I said, you know, Sam, let's, let's do, do something about this. Let's turn this idea into a concrete action. July 1st, 2017, that was the day that Pickways was born.
0: So, so Pickways didn't start with an actus. No, so that didn't. was something that you connected the bridges to. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. So so I'm even more excited now because some a lot of people that I meet from Enactus started it because it was something that the group thought of collectively because they wanted to win. Yeah. But you guys are like even without having Enactus in your life, you guys are doing it out of passion and I think that's so so cool.
2: Yeah, we're big believers in like finding your passion before you start anything. Yes. Uh, like and I can tell you exactly why. When we started, how many people do we have, Dylan? Uh,
3: we started with four, four young men,
2: four guys, and that was for about four or five weeks. Every Saturday morning, we go out, four or five people would chill. Yeah,
0: and who are the other two?
2: So
3: the other two were uh, two of our friends as well. Um, we, we went like that. that We've got a bonfire, and they were at the bonfire, and we Amazing. told them about yeah. about this event. And all of our other friends went to like grad party and went, went out, but they're like, okay, like we're, we're we're chilling back. Like let's I don't know, we'll, we'll go out with you to the beach Saturday morning,
0: so. It's amazing how that works. Yeah, everything just lines up.
2: Yeah, so uh, like I said, like we would do that, and like we were only getting four to five of us, and initially it was just us. Um, but we were so passionate about what we were doing that it didn't matter how many people showed up. Mm-hmm. It just mattered that you know we believed we were making an impact. Yeah. Um, and for any of the listeners, like if you believe you're actually making an impact and you're passionate about what you're doing, you're gonna do it regardless. If it's raining, if it's sunny outside, if two people show up or a hundred people show up. And so that's why it's important to make sure your your passion aligns with your actions.
0: Awesome, that's amazing. I you know to me it's interesting and just kind of like giving the listener some context. When we first met, um, you know again it's funny how life lines up. I was grabbing a seat near the Enactus finals. Um, ready to watch the show I separated myself from the judges because they were gonna kick off and two people sat beside me and they in- immediately introduced themselves as Dylan and Sam and very quickly they started sharing a little bit about pick waste and they started asking for some suggestions of what they could do and I immediately got so intrigued that I went home and I started researching um, I've been creeping everything from your Instagram to your LinkedIn so I've learned a lot about the things that you guys have been doing but even hearing you explain it it's so much better than the way I've perceived it like I didn't know the origin story so I thought that was cool uh, so that was was really powerful and then when so what date was that when did it come to life
3: yeah so it was born like July 1st 2017
0: 2017 okay so we're just over we're about to hit a year mark yeah, yeah. congrats that's uh, that's gonna be a big date yeah. so what has happened since that day to right up leading right up to now
3: yeah for sure so we have collected a little over 500 bags of litter and recycling which is pretty cool we've had 41 cleanups um, wow. today and it has grown so like Sam was saying we committed to a small citizen action And then it kind of flourished in a way. We're from 4 to 5 to about 10 people to 15. And now we're averaging about 20 to 30 volunteers every week. That's
0: a big number, by the way. That's harder to do than you think. Especially Especially for people who just, yeah.
2: Picking up garbage, too, right? (laughs) Picking
0: up uh, garbage, coming up with the idea overnight, not having, like, a well-known establishment supporting you guys. Like, the fact that you're doing it, 15 is a solid number.
3: Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Um, And, yeah, we're just trying to spread and grow the initiative. Um, So we started doing this by speaking at schools. So we've spoken at 16 schools since uh, since the start of the year and and we've gotten huge response. Like at, at our engagements, we've spoken to about five thousand students and incredible response. Like they happily go out after the engagement and go pick up litter themselves with the whole school. Um, and that's how we sort of grow it. We're now launching five five teams. So we, we launched wow. Scarborough last week. Yeah. And again, Scarborough started with a couple of people. Yeah. Right. And at first, you know, I was I was kind of, you know, let down again. And Sam reminded me like listen... Remember having happened Pickering, right? Four guys. Just just wait till it flourishes. So, you know, we both believe that, that Scarborough team will, in fact, pick up. Um, Waterloo starting in September, as well as Whitby and Trent, hopefully.
0: You know, when I did my book launch event, I, w- I had a similar conversation about moving away from friends that aren't really good for you. And when I did the Q&A, someone put up their hand and they asked me a very important question that I actually found it hard to answer because I don't get asked this very often. They said, okay. Okay, it's easy to move away from crappy friends. How do you move away from crappy family members, their blood? And I was like, hmm. And I remember putting together an answer that she seemed happy with, and I had to almost reach out to her before she left and said, "Hey, come here, let's talk privately," because I really wanted to dig in. And it seems like by the end of it, she's like, "Yes, you, you've you've given me what I wanted to hear, and this is this this really relates with me." But I'm curious, Ashley, and I, I don't mean to put you on the spot because this isn't an easy question. <laughs> but if you no, I asked a- ask that in an audience setting, you know, with a family situation that is challenging in your life. Let's say you're doing your book launch event and you talk a little bit about it. How would you answer that question?
4: Uh, I'm trying to find the right words so I don't sound like a bad person to say this. And to be honest, the immediate thing when you said that is I I don't see a difference. Interesting. And Okay, the reason that I say this, and again, this is only this is only my truth, this is sure. only my experience. Ashley, you don't just, even
0: need to explain this. I know exactly where you're going with this, and I love the rawness. I wanna I wanna hear you <laughs> elaborate the way that you want to with no sugar coating.
4: Yeah. So to be honest, like I've had my fair share of family situations, you know, like my my dad left when I was uh three years old and we didn't really have a relationship going up. And you know, my dad's side of the family, like, you know, I just I come from a family where it's a very blended family. You know, I have stepmom, stepdad, extended siblings. And to be honest, I think the best way for me to describe it is the people that I want to have relationships with and the people who I'm meant to have relationships with, regardless if they are blood, regardless if they are family, they're going to be in my life. And I think I grew up as I. Didn't have a family. Um, okay, I didn't have the best relationship.
0: Ashley, did I lose you? No. Hello. Hey, Ashley, are you there. Oh.
4: Yeah, I'm not sure what happened.
0: I don't know either, but you sound, your quality just improved significantly since you came back. So that's awesome. Actually, I'm, oh, I have a theory yeah. that someone out there didn't want you to finish your story and they just hacked into our conversation and cut you off because you were on fire. <laughs> I'm beyond upset that that was the point where you got cut off because you were, you were just about to go super deep. So I don't know where you want to pick this up from but I know that you are going really deep into your relationship with your family. And if you Mm. want to repeat that, I'll figure out a way to edit it. in. so maybe I'll just leave this entire part in because it's kind of funny. So you, you do you you, and I'll find a way to get it in there.
4: So for me to be very open and raw, I grew up with not having a close blood family relationships and I, now come from you know, it's very blended my family. I have stepmom, stepdad, extended siblings. so it's been I've always had an interesting family dynamic. um but for a majority of my life growing up, I considered friends family. So, and that's why I don't see the difference between, you know, how do you let go of people who are blood? Yes, I don't see a difference. So, everybody. Is human. Everyone is people. We just so happen to, you know, I, I, I guess this is a little bit on the spiritual level, but you know, we picked our family, mm-hmm. in a, you know, we picked where where we were placed in a sense, you know, who's our family, who's our parents. It was all chosen. Again, like I just I I see no difference between if there's people who are meant to be on your journey, then they're meant to be there. And truthfully, like there, there's a time length. I think there's a time period for each individual person that we cross paths with. Some people, it could be our entire life. Other people, it's just a certain period of time. It doesn't matter whether it's blood, it doesn't matter if it's just a friend.
0: That's so powerful. You know, I constantly go out there and try to um, bring up topics in this podcast episode that I don't think have ever been really dove into. Um, you know, we've talked about many different sides of personal development, and I think this was actually the first time we really went deep in the conversation around family and parenting. Um, it's just not something that a lot of my guests like to go into or they really have a, a hurtful story around it. So, Ashley, thank you so much for sharing that. This is definitely one of the um, new, new pieces of material that I don't think a lot of people get to share in their in their podcast or their stories.
4: Yeah. And you know what? I'm totally I'm glad that this was something because I totally agree. I think it's things that people are afraid to speak upon. But to be honest, I think when you just kind of really own your story and own what you've gone through, then you know what? Like it's I'm an open book. Yes, I'm an open book, you know, and uh, I. Yeah, if if that's what came out of this, then I'm, I'm happy with that.
5: Yeah, I know, and a lot of my podcasts are about, uh, like, this experience that I've had, right? It's like I've learned so much, and now it's like I want to talk about it, right? It's like a few months ago, Daryl asked me, like, what are you going to do for the next five, ten years? And I'm like, it's so tough because in, like, my industry, there's no one who's really been doing this forever, and it's like the only clear thing that people do is they get into the industry, and they start producing for, you know, rappers yeah. like Drake, J. Cole, whatever. But it's like, I don't want to go in that direction. You know, I like the kind of more quiet lifestyle that I live, working with, you know, unsigned people, just having fun making music, yeah. right? I don't want to go into the industry, but there's no one who's really... Yeah, done that. It's, so, it's sick because you're like you're like the gatekeeper,
0: right? Like you're always the ones that are like I'm gonna worry about the people coming into the game, rather than the guys that are peaking in the game because everyone wants to make the money out of like the break, yeah, the right? Kanye's out there. But you're like I want to be there in the beginning, so when they do get big, they remember that you were there at the very beginning to help them, and not when they're
5: doing well. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. That's a cool position to be so in. Fun. And I said an episode, and this is like the mindset that I've made for myself. It's called the committed, and it's I want to do this consistently for a year. Okay. And every single week for one year. And I'm not going to make huge changes to the podcast over the year. Like, I'm going to make some small changes, you know, month to month. Maybe some episodes, change a couple things. But until I think a year goes by, I'll be able to have, like, just enough, like, I don't know, data. And, like, you know, I'll have a good idea of, you know, did it work, what didn't work. And it's like, you know... I know we, we kind of think this, like, you know, the next one might be the one that goes viral, right? Yeah, you just don't know. You just, like, you're always one thing away. You're one post away. You're one beat. You're one, you know, podcast away from, it from off. making it, right?
0: It really does. You know, what's really fun about having the both of you in the room today is you guys love talking about new things that you're doing, like the new condo, the, the trip, the podcast, the fact that you guys are doing a really fun setup here. What are some things that excite you that you look forward to doing? Honestly,
6: having a good conversation, right? And as I start to think about why I do what I do and what motivates me, it it, um, it occurred to me um, pretty recently, too, that what really excites me is when I talk to someone like yourself and seeing how excited you are and how you're strategically working towards and building something for yourself. When I hear those stories, when I meet these individuals... That excites me. Like I think that like that's why I do the podcast. It's you know part of it's because I want to learn new things, it's part of like the research process, um, share content with the world, but it's also to satisfy another selfish need, which is I just love having these conversations yes. when I talk to someone like yourself and hearing how you're doing it and like what your setup is and what your plans are yeah. and what your vision is. We literally is, spent thirty minutes talking right. about our setup and I yeah. have
0: nothing to do with any of the conversation. It was right. just like tell me how
2: you do your podcast yes. I'll tell you mine. Yeah, it's like those showing are all our the cards. systems, right? yeah. Those are all the systems. Yes. And, and and I am so good. obsessed with
6: that. Yeah. I you know whenever I get a chance to learn about someone's systems and how they apply those to do something important to them, that is really the core philosophy of the canvas series and of myself. Like mm-hmm. and that's why this project means so much to me because it's the purest reflection of myself. It's the yeah. most
0: tangible form of what I care mm-hmm. about and what I believe in. So, so what do you believe in, Raf? If you were a guest on your own podcast show mm-hmm. and the RAF on the other side said, if you were to paint your, your your own canvas with your life story, with your beliefs and your values, how would you paint that canvas from your perspective? Interesting. So
6: um, at the macro level in one sentence, I would say it's to be intentional about success, right? Mm-hmm. It's to be intentional about what you care about. And, you know, I would say in my canvas, it would definitely be multifaceted. I, tr- you know, I really make an effort to not see things like my personal life and then work and then relationship and then traveling. Yes. Like, like, I don't see them as separate, like, desperate, you know, different silos. Lots of overlap. I see it as an integrated system, right? Like, how I conduct myself at work will, you know, influence my evening with my girlfriend. My mm-hmm. evening with my girlfriend will influence, you know, what I do the next day, you know, whatever it may be. And, like... Everything is integrated, and I think that's that's personally my point of view. You know, for example, running. I think that's a good example. I run because, for health reasons, um, but I also run because it gives me that kick of, you know, productivity and flow. So when I get back from my run, I can bang out, you know, two or three more hours yes. of work. That's why yeah. I run, and I strategically run at certain times to give myself enough time that evening and night to get another two or three hours of work. You don't say. Everything is very really really deliberate, right? Yeah. see how everything comes together. I run because... It's a form of meditation for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I started running recently without
4: music, so I don't even listen to music anymore. I go run 20k without music. I'll
6: just take in the.